0: and welcome to another Elysian NXT podcast. My name is Nida Kampan, your host for today. Joining me today are Chris Puppe, CEO and founder of Elysian NXT, Matthias Koeson, the Managing Director of Elysian NXT Europe, who's dialing in from Belgium, and Chai-Chan Laura Pontong, or Khun Meg, the lead professional services at Elysian NXT. For the episode, we have a lot of exciting topics to cover but let's start with the announcement that we have won the award of the best solution of Basel IV Europe. Matthias, thank you for calling in today. Can you tell me more about this award?
1: Hi Anita. Yes, uh, we're very excited to have won this award. Uh, the award itself looks at the best solution uh, for Basel IV or also known as in some jurisdictions here in Europe as Basel 3.1. And it basically looks for a couple of elements uh, the completion of the solution uh, with regards to the different parts of, of the regulation uh, we're thinking about and think about basel 4 we think about frtb fundamental review of the trading book liquidity risk and last but not least uh, with a lot of focus lately is the the credit uh, risk weighted assets calculation yeah so that's the, that's what they're looking for from an award perspective and uh, yeah, we're, we're happy to have won it because uh, it's very timely now in Europe and, and I mean, both continental Europe as the United Kingdom because of the regulatory deadline of January 1st, 2025.
0: And why do you think Elysian and XT won this award?
1: Yeah, we've won it um, because of a couple of elements, I'd say. Uh, the first and foremost, especially because we have the supervisory settings all embedded in the platform, that means all the elements that the supervisors are indicating that you have to apply certain risk rates, certain PD input floor, certain uh, CCF factors uh, that are all prescribed in the regulation itself, we have it built in the tool itself. And I think that sets us uh, apart from certain other uh, players here. It also allows us to, to, to implement the solution very fast. Yeah? And not only the official version of the regulation, but the supervisory settings can also be um, made available to, to prospects and clients when they're still in draft version. good uh, example, there is, for instance, the PRA uh, has published its consultancy paper uh, November last year and we shortly after that we shipped already those regulatory settings through to a number of our clients and, 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 and prospects yeah, to run these um, to run these calculations with the yeah still draft version of the regulation so that's one 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 important reason the other important reason um, is that is actually part of uh, our overall integrated uh, risk framework with regards to then the integrated credit risk uh, offering that we have, uh, where we have multiple components. We have our uh, IRB um, internal rating based model hosting capabilities, then of course the credit RWA calculations for the standardized approach and internal rating based approach. Uh, And then as well, the combined with the IFRS 9 expected credit loss calculations. And that that whole integrated component, I think is another element why we won this award. And then you see it in an even bigger context, all the what if analysis that clients have to run, um, yet yeah, all the climate risk stress testing, it's actually an integration of all these different components uh, uh, together. And I believe that that's one of the, together with the supervisory settings, as I uh, explained, that those are yeah, the two main reasons why we've won this award. Next to, and then, I mean, uh, just to, to round it off, maybe that's next to the fact that we've already successfully implemented our Basel solution. Um, in a couple of, uh, yeah, clients in, in Europe, in the Netherlands, in Belgium, uh, we're talking to quite a number of prospects in the United Kingdom as we speak as well. And, and and of course, we've implemented already uh, in, in, in other parts of the world, uh, among others, uh, Australia.
0: It sounds like the award was well-deserved. You also mentioned the rolling out of the next big milestone of Basel component. So um, this component is the credit risk component, IWA. The Australian regulator, APRA, has kept the original deadline of um, January the first two thousand twenty-three. What can you learn from this, Australian banks? Could make you or uh, personally have implemented the solution in several Australian banks. Yes. What are the lessons learned that you can share with us?
2: I think uh, for my experience, maybe today I can discuss some or maybe three items that I would consider to be an external challenge in the project because I think internal challenge for the project can vary it depends on the bank and who you are working with but external challenge should be something that uh, is an experience that can be Mm. uh, reused anywhere else in across like the globe Uh, i think the first thing that i want to discuss is about the updates and changes in the regulation itself because this is something that has been issued by the regulator right and during the project that we have implements, actually there are multiple times where regulator issue some updates and maybe sometimes some guidance uh, to clarify some of the requirements. And I think this is very important to stress because uh, normally when we go into the project, uh, we like to craft out all the requirements as, as much detail as possible as the first thing we do in the project. And we don't like change in the project, right? Uh, the thing is, Changes are inevitable and I think uh, the way um, that we it can it handle depends it depends
3: if it's fixed price or time
1: <laughs> <either>. <laughs> <laughs> Of
2: course, yes uh, But yeah, I think for us, I think we, we are much more flexible in this front because uh, we have a system where, like we have mentioned, uh, we have a supervisory dictionary that uh, gets updated from the product team So we have a team uh, that monitors the changes issue from the regulator and we update that as part of our product release and this helps a lot because we can be up to speed with all the latest changes in the regulation, uh, as well as the system itself. Uh, we have a system with a very useful uh, feature and uh, a very really user-friendly UI. And the way that we can configure these changes and model changes in the system is very simple. And actually, uh, the user themselves can do it. Yeah. So managing with all these change become very simple with us, mm-hmm. and we have experience a very smooth transition yeah. uh, adapting to all the changes from the regulator in this fund
1: yeah.
2: and i think that would be the first challenge that we uh, i have experience and think it would be useful to share
3: yeah so so we basically because i remember in, in january 22 yep. i think we helped one of the banks to prepare for the qis quantitative impact yes, study uh, i think we worked on it for like three four weeks to do that mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, I think six months later, uh, we started the, the, the real project. Correct. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's basically because uh, as you as you point out, so uh, you know you don't have to wait with the final version mm-hmm. of the regulation. So we have, I think, multiple version, yep. in, in, in our uh, uh, super visionary uh, dictionary right yes. uh, so that helps the banks not only to prepare the QIS but whatever you know variation of the regulations is, is there it will be automatically supported yes by exactly. the system yep. yeah okay that's good
2: yep and i think the second point uh from my experience uh would be around the difference between the regulation and the reporting requirements uh i think based on the sounds of it, it It looks to be the same thing, Uh, but actually when we get into the project and we work on it, uh, it seems like regulation and reporting requirements are two different things. Uh, For example, uh, normally when the bank are assessing uh, the credit risk rate asset for the defaulted contract in their portfolio, uh, the calculation requirement could be very simple. It depends on how much reserve you have uh, put aside Mm -hmm. for this contract. But when we look at the reporting requirements, actually reporting requirements for this contract are as much as detailed as the normal contract that you have. So from the calculation perspective and reporting perspective, uh, sometimes it's not aligned for 100%. And the way that we would be effectively handling this is that the solution that we are implementing and handing over for the client should have both capability embedded into the system Mm and in in, in my term embedded is not just implementing and handover it's more like a user experience and user friendliness where they can keep up to all these changes and they can do the update for themselves because like I said that's uh, the regulators keep changing all these reporting requirements and I think it's important that uh, we implement something that uh, will last long for the clients and it's flexible for the changes So that would be the second point. And I think uh, the third point is something that uh, I also want to stress out. Uh, It's about something that, or the same trend that happening across the world, where I think all the regulators are starting to ask for a more detailed uh, information of all the calculation that we do. So with all these required, information that the banks and regulators are working with. I think uh, for a bank on the smaller scale uh, would prove that this requirement would be a challenge because uh, I think traditionally banks, some of them used to work with a manual calculation and the aggregated result, but now I think with the theme of data transformation that's happening that will not be sufficient Mm -hmm. as a submission to the regulators anymore. So I think this will be a big change to some of the banks where they need to be uh, providing more detailed information and be prepared for all these changes. And with the system itself, I think we have capability to do calculation, simulation or a stress test on the contract level or the most granular level that is possible to calculate. And I think uh, it's important that uh, these frameworks are being implemented effectively because going forward, uh, it's not going to be less requirement around this path. It's just going to be more and more.
3: Yeah, that's probably one of the, the first tasks that, that banks are doing when they embark on, on the on the journey, yes. is to see, OK, uh, how will we feed any system the necessary data which is required for, for that regulation? Yep.
2: Uh, so but 4 is not just an update to the regulation. It's, mm-hmm. it's, Part of them are being driven by the change in like reporting requirement needed from the regulator as well. Yeah.
0: So from the challenges that you had explained, can you explain more about how Australian banking industry has adapted Basel Four credit risk RWA?
2: Okay, uh, thank you Nida. I think this is a very interesting question because I think like I said, that's uh, implementing or adapting of Basel Four. Uh, have gone through a multiple cycle of tests, including uh, the consultation, the QIS, a parallel run and go live. Where I think one of the key things that uh, maybe I want to share for today is that uh, when we did the implementation for all the sites in Australia, we are deploying uh, the solution based on software as a service model. And the reason why I want to discuss about software as a service model is because uh, you can imagine that for this cycle of run and test that the bank have to perform uh, and submit to the regulators, I think uh, for the parallel run, for example, I think parallel run calculation, the regulator required less uh, compliance mm-hmm. from the bank, meaning that they are still have more time to test the result and submit them like the test version of the result. So it doesn't going to be like a full comply result of the Mm. data yet. And the thing is for all these cycle of runs, uh, it's happening at the same time of when we actually went in and do the implementation. Uh, Meaning that in terms of the environments that the bank have to maintain, if they want to do the implementation at the same time as these parallel run and then at one point go live, Uh, that could result in multiple environments that the bank needs to invest in and and manage, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think with SaaS deployment option that we have for the client, uh, we can actually effectively manage all these environments as like in the need basis, uh, where when we do the implementation, we have a dedicated test environment, uh, but for uh, the time-to-time which for example in the parallel run period which the bank have to submit on the quarterly basis. Uh, we don't need the bank to have to invest in a fixed environment to be there and available for these parallel run results. Uh, but we actually can uh, spin up a new environment uh, with all the security framework uh, depending on how sensitive that of the data that we put in. And also spinning up of this environment takes only like Number of days to set up and be ready to do the submission, and then eventually, once we like finish all this submission for the prior run, uh, we can actually close this environment down immediately, and then all the uh, information that is that are in there are being removed. So you don't you are not exposed to the risk of uh, having your uh, sensitive information into the outside or what environment. Uh, but yeah, so I think.
3: It's a very cost-effective yes. way of of implementing the system Correct. because yeah you spin up you spin down environments whenever you need it. Yes. Uh, remember a podcast with uh, days a couple of months ago where he spoke about the you know the advantages of, of deploying in a cloud so software as a service. So it was you know um, very nice to see that that all three the banks in Australia have chosen uh, you know for a software as a service deployment model.
1: Uh,
2: yes.
0: Okay, so is there any synergy between Basel IV, created with RWA and IFRS
2: Nine? Okay, uh, so on the next point, uh, which we can discuss and I can share, uh, is about uh, what we call a next wave of implementation that we are having with the clients in in Australia. Uh, basically, it's the implementation. Uh, it's the implementation of IFRS Nine. Uh, impairment which is the calculation of ECL and provisioning of uh, the credit risk portfolio. Uh, The theme of the implementation that we have I would call it a a leverage and the leverage I mean that we are leveraging with the existing system and data that we already have so as part of what we have done uh, we have onboard the clients into the system and we calculate the credit risk based on their asset portfolio already. As an extension to that is the implementation of the provisioning system, where uh, it's only the incremental effort that we need because we already have all the components, which for the provisioning process is the calculation based on the asset as well. Uh, It's just a different model that we are using in the system. And in terms of different model that it's using in the system is basically pretty similar thing as what we have as like the supervisory dictionary. Uh, for the provisioning process, we have the, what we call uh, an out-of-the-box model which, for example, I think in, in the market uh, we are using like a typical probability of default, uh, loss given default and exposure at default model. Uh, to derive into the ECL or the provision that we, we will set. And then then, then uh, the provision itself uh, will be fit into uh, the calculation of the credit risk for uh, the, the bar sale for. And then that we will reach into the capital requirement framework. And with this implementation, we are actually starting to implement like an end-to-end uh, integrated credit risk model for the client where when they make some change or when they simulate a certain thing in their provisioning process they can actually starting to see the impact uh, through to the capital requirement process so it's not a two separate implementation it's actually the same system which integrate together and then all the data that they run are actually the same data the data are integrated and then the simulation and calculation are actually integrated yeah it yep. makes
3: a lot of common sense it's basically both sides of the coin pointing to credit risk yes. one from a capital point of view one from a provisional point of view so yeah
2: yeah and the
3: data is 90 percent the same
2: correct yeah. yes so now it's becoming all in one place yep.
0: and what other lesson you would say that we can take away from the implementation for australian banks
2: okay uh so i think Maybe first thing that uh, I would want to mention is basically the collaboration that we have with the clients. Uh, so we have good relationship with the clients, uh, and the pre and post implementation, and also uh, another. I mean, thing... All, all
3: three of them agreed to a press release, so that that means yeah. something in terms of you know the yes. appreciation uh, towards you know the things that that you have done together with our partner and uh, with the clients. So yeah, very well done.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Yes. And I think uh, the key takeaway, another key takeaway thing is that uh, I think it's very important that we have a flexible uh, implementation process and system. Because like I said, that I think change nowadays becoming more and more, it's not just an internal changes. Sometimes changes coming from some external sources as well, where I think we need to be able to keep up to date. And I think uh, as a solution, uh, that's the target of what we where we want to be, and we want to keep making sure that our clients are being up to date with all the changes in the regulation. Mm-hmm. And I think the uh, last part is basically uh, around the implementation implementation itself, where I think uh, all the implementation that we have done, I would say that we can leverage a lot from this out of the box model and the dictionary that we have. Uh, which actually contribute to a very smooth uh, implementation experience, both from us and for the clients. And I think these are the items that uh, I would say uh, are the key takeaway of uh, my implementation experience in Australia.
0: Thank you, Meg, for your for sharing your experiences and your insight. So, Chris, from a global banking perspective, why the implementation of Basel 4 framework so important to the UK and continental Europe?
3: Thank you, Nida, for my favorite question. Uh, um, now, Mac, you pointed out to you know Basel four or Basel 3.1. It's very annoying that they use different uh, numbers for the same thing. But you said, okay, it's a framework for different kinds of of, of risk types: uh, FRTB, interest rate risk, and banking book liquidity risk, and of course the the whole um, credit risk side. And uh, Nida, you were the the last. Uh, podcast when we discussed, you know, uh, lessons learned from uh, the financial crisis in the US with the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Uh, I think it's kind of a result of, 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 I think, the US regulator being too lenient uh, towards uh, the regional banks to say, OK, you don't have to comply to regulations like uh, interest rate risk in the banking book and liquidity risk, which is one of the I think the key factors that, that uh, created that whole uh, crisis, uh, I wouldn't say it's the only factor, but it's one of the key factors. Um, so I, I think it's very important uh, for Europe, continental Europe, for the UK th- and the rest of the world, you know, uh, to be quite strict with those regulations, uh, to, you know, give uh, everybody, uh, you know, uh, the necessary trust in, in, our, in our banking system. And, um, you know, uh, as, as uh, Matthias correctly pointed out, is that the, the next step in Europe and UK is a credit risk component of, of Basel uh, 3.1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's a very important step uh, and it's a unique approach as you al- also hinted in, in, you know, the Australian banks, starting with, with credit risk, Basel RWA, Yes. now also looking at you know uh, IFRS 9. Yes. It's a unique opportunity uh, and you know I am got the press release from EY in front of me which dates from two weeks ago uh, 17 May 2023 where they did a survey uh, in UK banks and European banks where they are uh, with uh, the Basel 3.1 reforms for credit risk and uh, 50% of UK banks said that they will grabbed the opportunity to change the operating model of how they uh, look at credit risk. Unfortunately, only 17% of the European banks. Um, but, you know, both of you are, are, are too young to realize that, you know, when you look at the majority of, of Basel RWA frameworks in the world, they date from 15 to 20 years ago. When, uh, when I went around the world, uh, together with Matthias, to, to implement these kind of, of, of systems. So these are dinosaur systems. No? Um, good luck uh, if you want to address BAL3.1 with just, you know, do some plumbing around on, on these old frameworks. So it's a unique chance to to look again at at, at, uh, at at the new systems. I would say IFRS 9 is much younger in terms of regulation, uh, eight, nine years ago. but uh, all of the big banks are not happy with what they've implemented nine years ago. No uh, implementation of Walter Scrwer, Moody's Oracles, Name it on. They're deadly slow. It takes 48 hours to come up with the numbers, impossible to do simulations. And as you say, it's it's the other side of of, of tackling credit risk. Uh, again, also for the model hosting uh, side of, 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 of the story, for the for the advanced banks, you know, uh, everybody is, is doing a revision of the models that uh, that have been used uh, because yeah of the the storms that we've been through for the last couple of years, have a new look at the, at the credit risk models. So it's it's a unique chance to look at it from from uh, a modeling side of point of view, from a Basel RWA point of view, from an IFRS 9 point of view. I'm not uh, saying to banks do it all in one go, because uh, most banks have nightmares, you know. Mm-hmm. They've Im- implemented these systems nine years ago. They costed a fortune. You know, so it's political, very sensitive to say, look, uh, you know, let's implement something new. Yeah. But, you know, y- you could use this, this, this this Basel 3.1 RWA as a case to say, look, let's try to implement something drastically different, faster, you know, support different version of the regulation enables to do simulation stress tests. And if it's proves to be successful, why not use that data, which is already there, mm-hmm. use the model hosting across different sides of the, of the credit risk. So you, you basically take a tactical, decision, but within a strategic framework. I think it's a unique, uh, moment in, in time to look at this, you know, from a holistic perspective of credit risk, how do you want to uh, tackle such fundamental component of risk within the banking sector, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, uh, you know, uh, climate risk is around the corner with a big impact on credit risk. So uh, my only advice is don't jump into a silo based solution or a plumbing on your existing, you know, uh, Basel framework. Look at it and say, okay, this is the moment in time to look at something drastically different who can cater for and is designed for changes because changes will happen. No, it will not stop there.
2: Yes, sure.
0: Thank you, Chris. So uh, what we have intakes today from uh, what Matthias have shared, Meg and you has shared, so it's, we can see that the trends nowadays is um, changing. Bank is looking for a synergy from the integrated framework, whether it's from the integrated from the solution of credit risk RWA and IFRS 9 Bank are also looking for the advantages of the SaaS deployment mode. Most importantly, with a limited time frame, a model hosting solution could be a preferable solution. Thank you Matthias for making some time to provide us with your insights, and also thanking Meg for sharing your personal experience with us today. I also want to thank all viewers and listeners for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about our solution of Basel 4 and how can we help you with your business, please visit us at www.ElysianNXT.com